0: You're listening to Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, Melissa Gonzalez. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Retail Refined, a market scale podcast by your host, me, Melissa Gonzalez. Today, I'm excited to introduce our guest. We have Nushith Ristoge. He is the CEO and founder of Locus and drives business strategy and innovation at the company. He's going to tell us much more about what Locus does, but to tell you more about him, he is responsible for business expansion across geographies and heads up operations globally. Prior to founding Locus, he worked with Amazon building algorithms to counter credit card fraud and also co-founded Pinchat, a location-based conversation platform. He holds a, a bachelor's degree in electronics and a master's in economics, and he is a published author in the field of experiential, experimental sorry, physics and has patents in machine learning, so really going to want to dig into his mind in this conversation. Thanks so much for being with us. I gave such a super high-level introduction to you and just scratching the surface of all your accomplishments, um, but why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about Locus?
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Melissa, for such a kind introduction and taking the time to speak today. Very excited to speak about what how retail, logistics, AI are all transforming each other today. Um, Locus is a logistics tech solution, which is an end-to-end order-to-delivery platform. It's a real-world-ready dispatch management platform that helps enterprises transform their last mile logistics. It's currently implemented across 300 plus or so clients across 30 plus countries. So it's very well baked in, you know, for an enterprise use case, handling over a billion deliveries to date and a million deliveries on any given day.
0: Wow. Can you tell us who some of your clients are that the audience might recognize?
1: Absolutely. So we work with large enterprise clients like Unilever in multiple countries, Tata's across multiple business lines of them, Nestle, and so on.
0: Okay. Well, it's interesting. We're going to have this conversation about last mile logistics. And it was funny. I was at Shop Talk and somebody made a comment, you know, the the, the less sexy stuff of retail. And my rebuttal was like, actually, logistics is becoming the sexy side of it because it's what's making a lot of this go round and round as the world is evolving um, to such hybrid living, right, online and offline. Um, tell us how Locus tech helps enterprise seamlessly manage all stages of last mile fulfillment. And let's break it down in a way that's digestible too. So from kind of start to finish.
1: So today, one of the big problems a retailer faces is that the home delivery channel is a double digit percentage of their sales and is growing even larger. So if the customer is not walking into your shop, you need to provide a similar kind of experience at their doorstep. And you need to solve for a bunch of customer experience problems as as well as not just getting the package home, right? -hmm. This is contradicted by the fact that last mile has a lot more variables for it, right? The drivers may not be available. The postcode may be slightly incorrect. The address may not accept a large truck. So because of all of these on-ground variables, doing 90-minute, 60-minute, time-slotted deliveries, which is extremely critical to find your customers at home, is a complete logistics nightmare. Mm -hmm. Add to that, today, uh, any large retailer is delivering across multiple channels. So they're doing home deliveries via their own captive logistics. Then they're delivering via contracted logistics via third-party providers. Then they're also using hyper-local delivery partners to deliver within the city. An enterprise is faced with, with the need to manage all of these deliveries on a single platform, while at the same time ensuring that the end consumer is getting a very, very consistent experience regardless of their delivery preference.
0: So tell me a little bit, because this is complex, right? And when it comes to last mile delivery, I think we're still in early stages of optimization. How is Locus um, utilizing AI and machine learning to optimize?
1: So when you start a day of the delivery, all the problems that will happen today, whether they're going to be a rain or traffic jam or you know some kind of package loss, are not known to you. So your software needs to be something which adapts to new on-ground realities. Hence it's extremely critical for us to build learning platforms. One of the core problems that we solve within the last mile space is route optimization. That today, what is the most efficient way to deliver your packages to your customer while being on time and using the least amount of resources? It's better for the company's bottom line. It's better for the planet, right? Absolutely. Do the Yeah, uh, today, environment sustainability is a core part of it, Uh, right? Uh, But as you're making these decisions, the information available to you today changes, it updates, and you need to factor that to make your delivery. Because imagine if when you're making your third delivery, the customer takes a little extra time and you spend 20 minutes at the customer doorstep instead of the five minutes, Something needs to be done at the ninth delivery and not when the ninth delivery is happening, but right now. So hence, so we combine the traffic patterns, we combine order patterns, we combine past delivery patterns to figure out what's the best optimal method, guaranteeing on-time delivery, factoring in all kind of operational issues that can happen.
0: So what have been some of your surprises? Are there some low-hanging fruit that you've seen through the data and you're like, okay, this is where we're going to start and then maybe some of your longer-term
1: challenges? One of the most common issues we see are delivery centers being incorrectly mapped to the delivery areas or being mapped using very traditional techniques like postcodes and zip codes, right? But today, zip codes, PIN codes, postcodes don't often determine the exact target audience that you have and how they are broken across a geographical split. So you may be serving an incorrect mix of a geographical boundary from each distribution center. This can happen at an intra-city level as well as an inter-city level. So often when we go into any client discussion, one of the first things that we see is look at the existing delivery network and see if there are low-hanging fruits that we can bring in by rebinding the resources within the existing network.
0: That brings up an interesting question because then I wonder, and if we think about physical environments as a whole, we talk a lot about designing for agility and modularity. And so I'm wondering, too, the opportunity of this data to inform design or iterations on design so that it's designed in a way that's optimized to serve the customer and in, in the last mile delivery need.
1: Absolutely. So imagine today uh, a bunch of retailers are interested in offering environment-friendly delivery to their customers. Often the customers don't need needed at an immediate item, immediate day, right? And this especially, for example, in a lot of high end retail in luxury retail right like uh, you may need your daily soap essentials the next morning but you may not need like you know a, a, a luxury piece of cosmetic right uh, and if you're okay to wait another couple of days or 3 days it can be it can be mixed together with say your neighboring deliveries and ensuring to lower the carbon footprint to offer these kind of sophisticated delivery options to the end consumer a retailer needs to present all of these options the costing of these options the time availability of these options right at the point of checkout and if you're if any retailer is able to offer this kind of fi- flexibility they will also at their back end need to open up new delivery channels if they were only doing captive maybe they need to go outsource if they were only doing outsource maybe they need to go hyperlocal or contracted in some other Place, right? So by making yeah. your backend across multiple channels, offering these options on the front end to your end consumer, you can dramatically increase their experience and increase your cart conversion rate.
0: I think there's similarities a little bit in the Amazon experience when you add to cart. Do you want to have all your packages on Amazon delivery day all at the same time as one urgent over the next? And letting me as the consumer express my needs and then they're able to accommodate based on
1: that exactly right uh, so at locus we call it this concept we call delivery link checkout because often you know retail was always broken into pre-checkout and post-checkout experiences but today with your delivery options becoming actually a core influencer into the fact whether a customer checks out the good from your marketplace or not Right. It's really important that you link both these sides of the options together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's when it goes into that more personalized experience as well, which is what consumers are craving. Um, so we can go in the, the the benefits and the challenges. I want to talk a little bit about the future, but before that, where is it that you see retailers kind of going wrong the most when we talk about the post-purchase journey and the meaning of true CX? I think this is one example of, of right of, of prioritizing what they want in their hands, um, you know, maybe same day or next day versus others. But what are some of the other ways in which you think retailers may go wrong and there's opportunities to
1: improve? During the delivery, it's very important to understand what's the objective. Is the objective the fastest or the lowest cost delivery? And often they could be different. Is the objective the highest customer experience? Or is the objective revenue maximization? Let me give a positive example from a client we have worked with. This, this, this is one of the largest apparel retailers in the world. And they were doing outsource deliveries and now started doing their own captive in-house deliveries in certain cities. And when we were reviewing the metrics, uh, one of the metrics which I thought should go down was climbing, which was time at the customer's doorstep, right? Mm-hmm. And the client had actually tagged it as a positive metric and I was very surprised. So during the executive review, I asked them, hey, this metric should actually be a negative metric, right? Like why are you okay with it or why are you encouraging it? And that's where I learned that they actually started a practice where at the point of delivery, their their, uh, delivery person who's dressed in their branded t-shirt and all asked feedback about the products, ask what they want. And this feedback is passed not to the logistics manager, but to the merchandise manager,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? So they're literally using the time at the doorstep to actually make better uh, products, right? Product decisions. So it's very interesting to see by how, how correctly choosing the objective, that the objective is revenue maximization, Or per orders, bucket maximization, and not deliveries in a day maximization, right? In certain situations. Uh, So that's that's an important thing I would Mm -hmm. nudge everyone to look at, that in your deliveries, what are you optimizing for? Sometimes in some cities and during certain years, it's cost. Certain times, it's speed. Certain times, it could be other things.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can't have a strategy if you don't upfront talk about what do we consider success. Right. Yes. And that's what you're yes. right. That's what you're referring to is what, what do we consider success? And let's back into the optimal way to get there. Um, I mean, one of the things that we talked about in this conversation too is, is sustainability, right? And so as you're optimizing logistics, can you share some tangible ways that you're seeing retailers can en- enhance their ESG goals through logistics optimization?
1: A lot of time, business choices and options that provided to our customers could as well be a function of the technology available at the back end and the flexibility to make it happen, right? One One of the most tangible things you can do in last mile deliveries is literally use less miles per package, right? And you can do that by better combining it with other packages, either of the same customer or of other customers. And hence, allowing the customer or Showing to the customer what will be the impact of their deliveries. One of the most heartwarming things that we have noticed with one of the clients is that they they started using these eco-friendly delivery options, right? And uh, initially, they did this A-B testing where half the time they showed to the customer that, hey, if you take an eco-friendly delivery, we will give you a dollar discount. Half the time they showed to the customer, hey, If you take this delivery the next day, this is Mm eco-friendly. It was interesting to see that more people picked it up when it was an eco-friendly delivery over when it was a dollar discount, right?
0: So That is interesting, yes.
1: Exactly. So it's actually good for your brand for you to invest in options which are eco-friendly and sustainable in deliveries. And one of the most tangible, real things that you can do over there is to simply use less miles. And that you can do, as I said, either by combining multiple packages of the consumer or of various consumers at the same time. And you need these technologies at the back end, which can batch these things together have a look at the global system, have a look at all your delivery options available and create the right mix and match in real time to make it happen. Because that's the thing with last mile. You don't have like, you know, seasons or months to predict. You need to, you need to plan for the next hour to manage the deliveries for tomorrow.
0: Right. No, it's real time actionable data for sure. Um, but also, it's an always learning mechanism as well, right? So over time, as you have a brand onboarded to your platform, I'm guessing those recommendations are getting smarter and smarter.
1: Definitely. And and that's actually the, you you, you actually hit on the absolute real mark of a learning system. That if that's unlike a traditional system, you know, if you buy a car, after using it for a few years, there is wear and tear. But if it's a learning system, after using it for a few months or a few years, the performance is actually better for a client than it was on day zero.
0: No, absolutely. Is there like a uh, an optimal size for you in, in your partnerships with your enterprise clients that they have X amount of locations before you're starting to see some of that kind of like economies of scale of data learning? And
1: Yeah. Uh, so typically, we uh, it, it makes sense if you're doing about at least 1,000 orders a day right our sweet spot hits somewhere on the north of about 10 to 100000 orders a day but below 1000 orders a day you just don't have enough space for optimization and at that point uh, your revenue maximization will happen more by simply making sure it's on time deliveries and there is right amount of visibilities right so smoothing out your operations and making sure your customer experiences are much, uh, much better, would be a better investment uh, within the last mile space, right? So regardless of your size of the operations, it's really important to focus on your last mile because that's where you're making contact with the customer. But then what you're focusing on, whether, you know, it's more on-time performance or visibility or whether it's optimization, that changes both by the scale as well as even in a large company, your own digital adoption curve. No,
0: absolutely. That's good context, for sure. Um, and I think it's just leaning into, you know, everybody has an opportunity for this and then it just kind of um, match it up what that is to the scale that you're at today as you continue to grow. Um, what do you think the future of Last Mile is and where do you see the market potential from a global perspective?
1: Last Mile is expected to be something like a 70 billion market within the next five years. Uh, all the acceleration of it already happened during the pandemic. It became part of so many new people, so many people's life who were new to this landscape, right? My parents have now become avid e-commerce shoppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from here, we expect the market to continue, you know, uh, we are for any retailer, about 10 to 12% of their customer base to constantly keep shifting or exploring new channels. So at this point, we believe investing in last mile is critical, not just for discovery of new customers, but as well as retention of existing customers, because they are used to these options at some other brand or in some other segment of the retail, and they expect the very same from you.
0: And I have a question as that network continues to grow um, how what is the, what's the mix that you're seeing that brands and retailers are are relying on warehouse environment right to fulfill last mile versus the store network, and are you kind of piggybacking you know how you're collecting data with both and helping them optimize that?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and I would say some of our most sophisticated clients are using a mix of both, right? So in certain cases, using the stores is not possible because of taxation reasons. But if that is not limiting you, I would nudge everyone to use a combination of small micro centers, you know, which can be obtained at lower retail cost, but also using your larger retail stores if you already have that real estate.
0: It's interesting. Um, Well, I think it's interesting, too, what we said at the beginning of this conversation as you continue to have that insights, um, especially if you're working with a brand or retailer who's at a certain scale, and maybe you're approaching their next warehouse thinking through some of those insights when they're laying it out uh, from a design standpoint and prioritizing, you know, how they're going to onboard packages, how they're going to flow through, how pickup's going to work, et cetera.
1: And what today's technology and platforms like Locus allow you to do is that you can actually simulate out your real load of the last few months or the last few years onto various options. So this becoming, instead of an exercise in intuition, actually becomes an exercise in data which is heavily metricized and you know your cost-benefit analysis in various options and also you can have more options as well as options which vary only slightly because that's been one of our very non-intuitive insight that often large pieces of optimization comes by making very small changes in your existing network because making changes in your network also have a large change management cost And if as a technology solution, you're not factoring in the actual operations of change management, then, you know, the real cost benefit analysis for your clients won't come. So it's really key to take that into account as well.
0: I love that. Sometimes it it's those incremental, smaller changes that allow you to make the bigger
1: impact. And previously, when you were doing it with intuition, you were painting it with large brushstrokes and you had these always, hey, you know, radical option A, radical option B. Today, tech allows you to have option A1, A2, A3. And those are actually the more pragmatic options for implementing.
0: Well, I love our conversation. I think there's so much more opportunity. I mean, obviously, machine learning and AI and the way it's being integrated um, into the work and into the retail industry as a whole is accelerating at speeds we haven't seen before. Um, So it's an exciting time, but really important that um, we're all pragmatic about it. Um, So I think it's good to talk about the opportunities, but also being really strategic about the approach and the integration um, so that it's not the machine that's always learning, it's us on the human side that's always learning as well. And that's, I think, what makes the collaboration successful.
1: And we have seen that in several of our clients that uh, if used the right way, technology should be designed to augment the workflow right so many of our warehouse managers now because you know they have more bandwidth from dispatch have actually now become either customer experience managers in addition or have taken up additional responsibilities into financial reconciliation financial reconciliation mm-hmm. the average average pay uh, for our buy, for our users have actually increased right and that's very interest, uh, important for us because in a solution like ours our buyers are different from our users, right? Our buyers Mm -hmm. are CXOs in enterprises and our users are the on-ground staff. And it's very important that the technology works for the empowerment of that workforce as well.
0: Absolutely, that's so important. And so hopefully you're able to track those metrics too. So when they're going back and determining success and impact, they're able to see that from a um, layered, layered view.
1: Exactly, right? And also just a lot more of inclusion. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, simple things that are your driver apps colorblind. Uh, you know, uh, can they work for colorblind people? Because you know mm-hmm. they may, they may not often raise their voice, but they are the ones who who need that job the most. And is your technology friendly for them? So yeah, just factoring the voice of the on-ground user in your product is extremely critical in segments like logistics. Uh, Allowing for things like artificial intelligence and machine learning ensures that their work is augmented and there is consistency in operations. Why it is really well suited for logistics is because you know any any operations domain often have information which is not available to you at the time when you're making the decision. So your decision needs to be very adaptable, and that's where things like machine learning and deep learning excels. So yeah, it's very well suited for this. But as you correctly mentioned it's important to ensure that workforce empowerment is a core goal of the of the entire process
0: absolutely well um i thank you for today's conversation i i actually had a conversation internally on friday and i said uh, the good shift in mindset yes it's artificial intelligence in the way it's labeled but we should really embrace it as augmented intelligence because it is it is a partnership approach between human and the machine Um, but thank you so much yeah for being with us today and 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 telling us more about locust does you know the work that you're doing and what the future holds and the possibilities of last mile delivery and its importance and in the customer
1: experience thank you it was i thoroughly enjoyed our conversation as well thanks for taking the time
0: yes thanks so much for being with us today thank you